Royal Stanley of Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, offering securities through United Planner Financial Services. Member FINRA SIPC shares his planning approach to help people toward a place where they may be at peace regarding their financial goals. In this dynamic podcast, Royal will share his insights on how to design a retirement plan to help you plan for your future. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Life by Design with Royal Stanley of Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors. Today we're going to be talking about coming late to the party kind of thing. Uh, Royal, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Eric? Doing very, very well. I know that we're talking about somebody who's planning for retirement, but really late in the game. What, what are we talking about by late? Yeah, it's really someone who, or a couple who who come in and just haven't been able to, I think, do the planning that they would have liked to have done. And there's, there's a lot of different reasons for that. We'll kind of go over some of that, but really what I'm, I, I'm hoping to do, and I think this is one of the more important uh, podcasts we're, we're going to do here is for those people that really are on the fringes of having a retirement at all, mm-hmm. what are some things that can be done to kind of triage that situation and put yourself in the best possible situation to move forward with? I, I, one thing I, I truly believe in is I never want anyone to leave my office hopeless. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe we can't change everything uh, and wave a magic wand, but I think one big thing that we can do is give them a plan to walk away with of how can I, how can I build more stability into my financial life? Yeah, I, th- I think that's what anybody is really looking for, especially in retirement, you know, is that stability piece. Absolutely. And so the person I kind of have in mind right now is, you know, a 60 years old. They know they're they're getting closer to that retirement age, but just really haven't been able to kind of put together all the pieces for that. And mm-hmm. maybe don't have the the resources that maybe some of our typical clients might. So this is I'm gonna kind of walk through what I might do in, in a first appointment there of uh, what can be done, what are the things they should be looking at, what are the things they should be prioritizing. And I think a lot of people will walk away from this with kind of a different idea there of if you are in that type of situation or you know someone who is, what things to uh, look at and what things are really, truly important there to get you on the best possible path forward. Mm-hmm. All right. Where do we start? So usually when someone comes in in a situation like this, there, there's usually some reasons. One that I see most often is a, a divorce, mm-hmm. uh, a late in life divorce, sometimes after the kids have left the house or uh, even very early on and, and a single parent having to raise kids. It's very hard to split your attention between raising a family, raising uh, kids as a single parent and saving for retirement. You know, it's one of the toughest jobs out there. And so you're not always able to kind of prioritize yourself because you pri- prioritize other people. Other times it could be the death of a spouse that uh, really changes that retirement plan. Another big one I see quite often is, is out of control medical bills mm. or other debts uh, that have just been allowed to linger on and on. One of the scariest things I see is someone in their 60s who is still trying to get rid of student debt and student loans, maybe from a career change um, in, in middle age, but they're still trying to just get that taken care of before retirement. 
The last one I want to touch on, I think it's an, an interesting situation because you, you oftentimes you might not think about it, but this would be a small business owner. Could be someone in the trades, could be somebody who owns a, a small shop or, or something like that, that they've put all of their resources into building this business. Mm-hmm. So maybe they've created a, you know, a nice life for themselves, a, a nice cash flow from the business, but they haven't been able to set aside enough money for retirement. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe they're beginning to realize that uh, what they thought their business was, was worth, it just isn't a reality when they go to sell it. Yeah. I mean, I, I can imagine, like you said, in, in an industry where they, they're going to need to buy some new machinery, right? To, to keep up with demand or to keep up with the times, they're investing that back into a business where they've got to buy a newer machine or they've got to buy additional equipment. But by the time they're ready to possibly be done or sell, that equipment is outdated. There's newer machines. And so the the value that they got out of it to build what they did for the business was great at the time, but now it's just it's like a used car, right? The, the value's way down and it's just not going to return what, what they were hoping. I could totally see that. Absolutely. And so one thing, uh, you know, I think an insensitive financial planner might say is, well, you should have started uh, planning earlier there. <laughs> yeah. And, and I hear this quite often. I think, I think that is a, a real detriment for people looking for help is no one wants to go and talk to someone who is going to tell them what they should have done 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah. It's just a very unfair conversation to have. So we, when I sit down with a client, I just want, want to let them know, you know, we're, we're starting from day one. This is day one. Whatever's happened to the past, yes, there may be some things from there to deal with, but I'm never going to make you feel like uh, we should have gone back to, to you know, uh, 1999. Uh, and this is what you should have done back then. It, there, there's there's no use in that. Uh, mm-hmm. it, I think it's just a waste of time and energy to go back and you know really make somebody feel feel horrible for what at the time they thought was kind of the best decision that they were making. I think that's one of the most interesting things about financial planning is everyone is making a decision that they think is in their best interests kind mm-hmm. of every time they make a decision about the future. Yeah, absolutely. So. Once somebody comes in, we sit down together. The first thing I want to do is I want to just kind of triage the situation. The first thing I want to look at is what resources do you have? Mm -hmm. So do you have anything in savings? Do you have anything in retirement plans? Uh, Those are kind of the two biggest levers there that we can start looking at if they do have some money there in savings or retirement plans. If they don't, we can talk about uh, the pros and cons of building those. Now, savings, we always want to have a, a buffer there. Re- retirement plans, uh, maybe, maybe not. It kind of depends on the individual situation. Mm-hmm. The other most important thing when we're looking at retirement is where are your cash flows going to come from? So the two biggest cash flow areas there are pensions, which for the most part, unless you are part of a union or you work for the government, you probably don't have access to, mm-hmm. but oftentimes um, those coming in might have a small pension from uh, an old job or have been a state employee and have that uh, uh, PERS or uh, pension income from the government or from the military. Yeah. The other major one is Social Security. 
And there's so many different ways of taking Social Security that this is really, I think, one of the most important areas that we can use to leverage for their retirement future is what is our strategy for taking Social Security? So hopefully we, in that kind of first meeting, we can begin looking at those options and kind of making that decision of when should you take Social Security? How does all that fit in? It's very hard for when someone comes in at 64 thinking that, okay, now I need to start planning for retirement or or triaging things, but I took Social Security back at 62. Mm -hmm. You're locked into that decision. and, And we've just lost, I think, one of our biggest levers there of improving your financial situation. Yeah, agreed. So kind of comes back to that caveat of if you're going to claim Social Security, talk to somebody. Get a financial plan because you really only get one shot now with Social Security to get it right. Yeah. And so when when you have somebody that comes in and they haven't taken Social Security and they're 63, 64, but they're right on that edge. They're like, I really need to start taking this because I really need the income. How many, you know, what kind of resources do you have, Royal, that you can help them to say, you know what, here's, here's what we could possibly do. If you need to take it, then absolutely. I mean, that's what it's there for. However, we, we know due to previous podcasts that you put on that if you delay taking social security, you can delay it for, I think it's what, two or three years, correct? Correct. You can delay Social Security all the way up until age 70. The longer you delay, the higher Social Security benefits you can get. So what we'll talk to people about as as we're kind of going through this is what's a way of of delaying Social Security as long as possible? Doesn't necessarily mean to age 70, but there's a 25% difference between taking Social Security at 62 and your full retirement age at 66 or 67 or somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. And then it's 8% a year when you delay, correct? That's correct. Once you've reached full retirement age and continue to delay up to age 70, you're getting about an 8% increase on your base Social Security amount each year that you delay. And that, I mean, that is tremendous. That that would be a huge, uh, huge benefit for somebody. And like you said, if they're at 66, 67, they're able to take, they're at full retirement, quote unquote, but if they can just hang on, right? And and if I'm not mistaken, it adjusts monthly. So every month you delay, it goes up a little bit. But for a full year, it's 8%. And then, you know, 8% divided by 12, whatever that is on a monthly basis kind of thing. It, it The more you delay each month, it increases, right? That's absolutely correct. So yeah, that each, mean, month, each month difference. that you hold off on taking Social Security, you're giving yourself a slightly higher uh, benefit there. Yeah, that's, I I can imagine the conversations of, you know, what can we possibly do to hold off and increase that social security benefit? You know, is there, do we have an extra car we can sell, you know, that's going to get us by for two more months, you know, on our, on our monthly expenses or, or whatever. And that's for people in that specific situation, but I I can definitely see um, some benefit to being able to hold off as long as possible to get that highest benefit as possible. Absolutely. So the other resources that that we look at there are, uh, you know, do you do you own property? Do you own your home? Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe you own rentals. You know, uh, what what other assets are there uh, there that we can kind of leverage? The home being kind of the most important one. Oftentimes, what I tell people, especially you know, in their forties, what should we be doing to prepare for retirement? One is, you know, save in your retirement accounts, that sort of thing. But the other, the thing I like to see the most is 
someone who is going to get their home paid off, usually around, you know, 55 to 60. I think that's one of the most powerful ways of just improving your uh, financial position for retirement is having a home paid off where you basically eliminated your biggest monthly expense there. Yeah. And if there's any way they can just snowball that monthly expense into some retirement plans uh, and not change what they're doing, you know, so if they had a $1,400 a month mortgage, instead of taking that 1400 and going out to lunch more often, you know, <laughs> switching that to a, that's to a, a lot of retirement. That's a lot of lunch or, or, or a few lunches at a very, very nice restaurant that I can afford. But yeah, I mean, that's that what a what a great opportunity that would be to really boost that retirement right before it comes. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So one, once we kind of have a picture of where they're standing, we then want to kind of look at what, what are the threats? What's what's encroaching on their retirement? And so these could be things like too much debt. One of the things I see just unfortunately way too often is people carrying debt, revolving credit cards, that sort of thing into their, their, their 60s, into retirement. It, it's just really not sustainable over the mm-hmm. long run to be paying you know, 12, 15, 30% interest on a credit card when uh, if we can eliminate that, we're getting rid of those payments. Uh, having a, a large car payment going into retirement, especially if, if you're the type of person who during your career has every three years gotten into a new car. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I think that just breeds some, some real challenges there, uh, about maybe living above your means, if, especially if you're financing it, uh, each yeah. time there and you're rolling over that kind of new car costs into, uh, that new loan. Yep, absolutely. Unless the company's paying for it, I'm not getting a new car every three years. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> that's, just, that's just how I roll. <laughs> the other thing we see quite often, especially in the case of divorce, is very small social security uh, levels uh, where maybe a spouse has stayed, stayed at home raising kids and is still entitled to that ex-spouse's or deceased spouse benefit but it's just not providing enough to cover all the expenses once they do actually stop working. The other area that we're seeing just more and more often is family obligations as uh, people are aging into that retirement age. We talk about the, the sandwich generation, which is the generation of people that are uh, stuck between aging parents who might need care mm-hmm. and kids who still might need care even though they're, you know, 25, 30. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just talked to a couple yesterday who they were getting ready to retire. We're putting kind of the final touches on their uh, plan towards retirement here in the next year. And they mentioned that they were still paying for their kid's cell phone and uh, insurance. And Mm. while, while he has been very, very successful, beginning to realize that um, you know, you don't need to pay for your kids' cell phones and insurance when they have jobs of their own and they can take care of that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think those family obligations are very, very challenging. I, ha- I have another client who, uh, you know, is taking care of a special needs child. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's one of the hardest ones to see because there's just not not a lot of options there for what you can do in that situation. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and a lot of times that, especially in child, it's a lifelong commitment there. I mean, there's, there's no, 
point where they're going to be self-sustaining, right? I mean, that's there's a lot of them that are out there that, that the family is responsible for them for a very, very long time. They have to have a plan for the child once they're gone as well. Absolutely. So that, that just adds in, I think, some more complication for, for planning purposes um, to kind of plan around not just this individual or this couple, but now kind of this other person who also needs to be planned for uh, in retirement, what that looks like. Yep. Yep. Definitely. So at at that point, once we have a good, good idea of kind of what the, uh, the uh, resources are, what the threats are to retirement, then we can begin looking at what the options are. Now, obviously uh, the easiest one is, well, if you just work until you're 80, everything will work out just fine. No problem. (laughs) That construction job will be just fine. You know, when you're, when you're 75, 80 years old. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, and I, and I laugh at that because just, just working with an aging population, like I do, I just see the kind of the wear and tear that takes on people. Now, some people just don't have a choice. Um, other people really enjoy working, but in no way can continue working at the rate they did in their forties and fifties. They need. Mm-hmm. They might need to slow down to ten or twenty hours a week in, instead of forty. Uh, yeah. th- those are good options, and that's something that we'll we'll discuss there. I think the biggest thing that we'll look at is delaying that Social Security benefit, which we touched on. Even if you let's say you did take Social Security at sixty-two, you're still able to continue to work, even if you took Social Security early. You just have an earnings cap there. Of about seventeen to eighteen thousand dollars per year that you can earn, uh, but if you go over that cap, uh, there's a two for one takeaway from your Social Security benefit for the next year. So that's another option that we'll look at: is hey, could you get a part time job, maybe making a uh, thousand to fifteen hundred dollars a year uh, to help supplement and help to save, maybe pay down debt? Doing that sort of thing can also help kind of improve that retirement picture. And that's ultimately what we're trying to do here. Yeah. I, I want to clarify. You said a, a thousand to $1,500 a year, but I think you meant a month. Oh, correct? I did. Thank you. Yep. No, that's fine. Thank so a thousand to 15. Yeah. So if you do the math, as long as you're kind of under that 15,000, so you're not risking anything, Cor- um, you should be good. Correct. Correct. Okay. So that, but you did say something that's interesting and I, I needed you to clarify it. You said that it can affect you on the following year. How does that, how does it affect you the following year? Well, so what social social security does is they take a look at uh, what your earned income was. Now, earned incomes means money you receive from working. So that could be W-2 mm-hmm. income or if you own your own business, 1099 income from, from your business or if your sole proprietorship just kind of falls into your uh, tax return there uh, mm-hmm. on your Schedule C. So what social security does is they look at the previous year to say, how much did you earn in that year? If you were over that $17,000 cap there, we're going to begin taking away some of your Social Security benefit for the upcoming year. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So that can be pretty tough, especially if you are working that year and then the next year you don't choose to work, then all of a sudden your Social Security is less that year also. Correct. You could put yourself in, wow. a, in a nasty position if you're not kind of aware of those that Social Security limit there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. What's next? So next kind of on the options that we're looking at is uh, paying down debt, getting rid of, you know, car payments, getting rid mm-hmm. of credit cards, obviously. Also, it could be, uh, depending on the situation, getting a, a home paid down or 
maybe refinance to a lower payment that's more manageable there in retirement. Ultimately, mm-hmm. what we're trying to do is look at those cash flows and try to plan around those cash flows to give someone as, as much flexibility as we can when we're triaging this type of situation. Yeah. The other things we might just touch on is if they own their own, own home, looking at downsizing, mm-hmm. uh, maybe selling outright. I, I never recommend this, but it's, it's a, I have a lot of clients who have gone ahead and done it where they sell their, their, their family home and buy a trailer and, you know, either move into a trailer park or actually a, like a travel trailer or a motor home and just say, mm-hmm. Hey, we're going to, we're going to live in this for the next five to six years. We're going to cut our expenses very low. We're going to travel more and we're just going to enjoy life. It's, it's not a route for everyone, but I've seen it drastically improve many people's financial plan going forward. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I can see that they have an opportunity to take that, that the gains that they got from their home and, and put those into savings or into a retirement, some sort of retirement plan that you help them create. Uh, and then that five to six years, they're living on a lot less. And then they're able to, at that, at the end of the five or six years, maybe they go and look at repurchasing a home, a smaller home, like you said, downsizing and, and having a lot less debt and being able to have much more income on a monthly basis. Absolutely. There's also the strategy, depending on your situation of, you know, in Oregon, for instance, we have a fairly high um, cost of property, cost of uh, uh, dwelling here. Uh, That's going to be true, I think, both on the uh, West Coast and also on the East Coast. But Mm -hmm. uh, I have some clients looking to relocate to, um, you know, Texas. I had a client just buy a house for, I think, $30,000 in South Dakota. Uh, Mm. You know, yeah. if you like South Dakota, and in this case, her, her kids live there, and it's a, uh, uh, a nice way of transitioning into retirement for them. Yeah, d- definitely coming from the West or East Coast to where I'm at in, in central United States and Omaha area, Nebraska. Yeah, there's a huge difference in home prices. <laughs> so the, the dollar definitely goes really, really far here. Uh, but then you do have to put up with the winners and, and things like that. So yeah, there's a trade-off, I'm sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, there, there's more, more extreme things, uh, for instance, like bankruptcy. If someone's really upside down in, in debt and mm-hmm. doesn't have enough time to kind of work out a strategy to pay that down. There's also using a tool like a reverse mortgage. Uh, that's always something that, that we want to look at there in, in cases like this, because it can be a lifesaver in some situations, N- certainly not all, but it's definitely a tool that uh, we, we want to have in case we need it. Yeah. And, and I would encourage anybody who's listening to this, there have been commercial after commercial after commercial about reverse mortgages and, you know, uh, credit credit counseling services that will, you know, tell the credit card companies that they don't, you know, you don't have to pay everything back. I mean, you, they shouldn't have to pressure you. There's so many things out there that are saying that we don't have to pay back the money that we've actually borrowed, um, which I don't necessarily believe in. Uh, but if you're in a spot, bankruptcy is an option, like, like Royal said, uh, but the reverse mortgage issue that there are good companies out there, but please, please, please talk to your financial advisor about it. Call Royal about it. Don't call these commercial companies directly because, of course, from them, it's going to be a great idea for you. You need somebody that is a good, true fiduciary, 
which Royal is, and he's going to have your best interest in mind. So please, if, if you have been thinking about a reverse mortgage or something along those lines or, or something drastic like bankruptcy, talk to Royal first, please. Yeah, I think that that's just an excellent um, reminder to people to, to seek out kind of that unbiased advice where mm-hmm. your interests are put above the interests of you know any salesman, any advisor, anything exactly. like that. Because you know if you talk to a reverse mortgage specialist, you know they've got reverse mortgages to sell. So mm-hmm. where, where are their interests going to lie there? Exactly. Exactly. I didn't want to derail you, but I just wanted to make sure that the audience knew that you're the expert at uh, at uh, the the full picture of the plan uh, instead of just one product like a like you said like a reverse mortgage salesperson. So absolutely, all right, absolutely. So what else are we covering today? So the big thing here these these options that we're looking at for retirement mm-hmm. and improving your situation usually the last one I look at honestly. Uh, when we're dealing with somebody who is 60 and doesn't have a lot of time left and doesn't have a lot of resources, maybe has some other issues, is saving more. I think it's very hard to save your way in a limited amount of time out mm-hmm. of um, you know a retirement crisis like this. If we, if we have a choice between paying down debt and saving more, my personal opinion is it makes a lot more sense to pay down debt than try to mm-hmm. save money and invest it in the market. Um, yeah. We really want to get very serious about the cash flows there and try to get your living expenses as low as possible in retirement versus trying to, uh, at age 60, for instance, uh, begin saving into uh, a retirement account or after-tax account. I think it just makes a lot more sense to focus on getting those uh, living expenses down as low as possible versus trying to build a nest egg. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I just think that the dollars will go further by, by, by paying down debt and looking to delay that social security benefit. Yeah. And I, I just looking at that, the, the last piece that you talked about, about the saving, thinking about how much you're going to make in a savings account, or even if you put that money into some sort of retirement plan, what kind of interest you're going to make in a short amount of time compared to paying off a debt or a credit card that may be at 16, 17, 18% interest. To me, the math works out pretty, pretty well to pay that debt off and, and, and move forward from there. So I, I think that's a great idea. Absolutely. So finally, as, as we're kind of pulling together these options, we want to be really realistic about uh, the time that we have left. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as, as you're getting into your 60s, uh, we're, we're just seeing more and more health problems crop up. Whether, you, you know, you're, you're kind of the, the picture of health or, or, or maybe you have some, some issues that you've been dealing with for years, we really don't know what's guaranteed as far as how much longer you could work. So we just don't want to say, hey, if you work until 80, everything works out. We just want to be very realistic about those limited time frames, and we want to be realistic about the future. So sometimes we have some very hard conversations with people mm-hmm. um, about the future and, and what that might look like for you. So I think finally, the, the important thing to do here is prioritize what's important to you, looking at the things that, that you want to enjoy uh, with your life and with your retirement. Don't worry about what the outside world says. Uh, as far as, um, you know, what, what car you have to drive, what house you have to live in, kind of all of those keeping up with the Joneses mentalities, 
I think mm-hmm. really should start falling away if they haven't already uh, as you get to, get to retirement there. Th- this is your time to live live the life that you want based off of the planning you've been able to do up until this point. So I would embrace that. Embrace that that freedom, I think, now that you're looking to, to leave the workforce and really live life on your terms there. Yeah, absolutely. And if people are, are listening to this and say, you know what, I'm kind of in that situation, or maybe they're a little bit younger and like, I don't want to be in this situation. How do they get a hold of you, Royal? Absolutely. You can visit our website at uh, opfa.com, Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, or give our office a call at 541-772-1116. All right. Thank you, Royal, for your time today. Again, great information. If you're listening to this, please reach out. If you've got questions, Royal and his team are amazing at what they do and just so gracious uh, with their time and, and effort to help their clients. So thanks again, Royal. My pleasure. Thanks, Eric. You bet. And thank you all for listening to the Life by Design podcast with Royal Stanley. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Royal comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Life by Design podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The views expressed are those of the presenter and may not reflect the views of United Planner Financial Services. Material discussed is meant to provide general information and is not to be construed as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. Individual needs vary and require consideration of your unique objectives and financial situation. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Advisory services offered through Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, Inc. Securities offered through United Planner Financial Services of America, member FINRA and SIPC. Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, Inc. and United Planners Financial Services are independent companies.